0: Behind the scenes at Score North and 1500 ESPN have sports opinions. So they want you to hear them. It's the perfect digital sports
1: soapbox to scratch that Minnesota sports itch. This is the Score North Taxi Squad. Minnesota sports fans, welcome back to yet another episode of the Taxi Squad. So many things to jump into today. The Minnesota Vikings got another win. So we have to talk about that. The Wolves are coming back. back. Some hockey, some soccer. There's a tons of a ton of things we have to get into today. So I'm very excited for today's episode. The voice you hear right now is Artist Woods, and I'm here with the usual squad. AJ Fredrickson and Jason Stormer. Also want to shout out. My audio it's better today. Hey, Yay, let's
2: go, bro. Yay,
1: Yay. we let's are back go. live in action. So, mm-hmm.
0: feeling good, fellas. How you guys doing today? Pretty good, okay. pretty good. It's uh it like I it's one of those seasons where everything is going right now. So, I feel like we like you said, yeah you have the wild and you have the wolves and the, the Vikings are in full swing. They thankfully are going to give us a bye week here. So we get that off next week when we talk, but um, they, everything's going on right now. It's the best time of the year, minus the fact that the temperature is cooling down. Mm-hmm. Oh.
2: Yeah. It's a whirlwind right now. Cause we're entering just like the epitome of sports season. I feel like that is always kind of like the end of October when you got hockey and basketball starting back up, you're right in the thick of football, both college and professional. And frankly, We will do an all-out Timberwolves preview on this podcast. I guarantee you that. I know me and artists are nipping at the bud for that. But to be frank with you, it's just like, man, when did the basketball season get here, man? I am just so all about this 5-1 and football team right now that the Timberwolves and Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards, I mean, those are tall guys, but they snuck up on me. You know what I mean? Hockey's rolling, too. It's just... I can't believe we're here. I've been so distracted by football that it's just like, oh, my gosh, like it's upon us now. And I'm just I'm I'm trying to find like that excitement level for it, because at least for the Timberwolves, this is like the most anticipated season like that they've ever had. And I'm just trying to get to that level. But there's just been so many other things happening in Minnesota sports right now that I've been very, very distracted. And I think you guys feel the same way.
1: Yeah, I definitely do. I mean, with the way the Vikings are playing right now, five and one. Mm. I mean, it's it's hard to look at anything else. Yeah. Because when's the last time the Minnesota Vikings have been five and one?
2: Right. It's been a few years. It's, it's yeah. been a
1: while. It's been a while since they have won this many games and looked this good. You know. And so it's hard to focus on anything else. But like you said, the Timberwolves are going to be very, yeah. very good this year. Yeah. I
2: saw very some little power rankings and stuff over the last few days. People, people are high on this ball club, artist. as they should be. As they should, bro. As they should yeah. be, bro. Yeah. But we have to
1: start off with the Minnesota Vikings. And let me be the first to say, I was wrong. You were wrong? I was wrong. Now, I will say this before we before we dive into this. Um, Skyler Thompson did not look bad to me. No. He actually looked pretty decent until he got hurt. As a matter of fact, I had full confidence in him within those first 13 throws that he would be pretty pretty solid and he might pull out this upset. I was pleasantly surprised that the, that they weren't able to get it done but the Vikings came out on top 24 16. what would you guys say
0: is your main takeaways from this ball game so the first thing I will say is I don't feel good about you being wrong about your prediction because I feel like you almost got bullied into picking against the Vikings so I, <laughs> I it's a very like asterisk. Of your your you you lost, like I said. Um, but when it comes to the actual game itself, it, I'm not gonna lie, it was kind of ugly to start. It, it <laughs> was it was a really. lot of bad football. I don't, I've seen this point put out there quite a bit so far. Everybody thinks there's just a lot of bad football games. I think it's just that's just the level of football that is out there this year. You have a yeah. very few teams that are like. You know, that's the elite. That's what people want to see. Not every team looks that good. Like you also have the Bears who somehow won two games. I think they're kind of at the bottom of like entertainment value. And there's a bunch of teams (laughs) right in that smack dab middle. That's just what you're going to get. Everybody probably in your mind, not great football. If you want like arcadey, you're airing it out for 50 yards, blah, blah, blah. Load up Madden. OK, you're not going to get that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're not going to get that on a Sunday. So um the, the, the offense of the Vikings has been very teeter tottery this year because at times they are red hot and they're on the highest side of that teeter totter and they are just charging up the field. And also that momentum switches and it seems like they just can't even pick up a first down. Um, And that's what we've seen. Like the Bears were able to get back into the game because they didn't. Um, let them, you know, just put the throat or the, put their foot down on the throat of the opposition. Kind of the same thing here Um, for how much and, and with the offense kind of having issues, the defense continues to just sort of not be able to play defense. <laughs> with how many issues that do, the Dolphins have had at quarterback, they don't have Tua. So they're going to Skylar Thompson and open the Skylar Thompson. I got maybe 18 different updates about his thumb injury Mm. in the first half or whatever it was. Um, And then they throw Teddy back in for how much of a carousel that they have. And like the uncertainty, Tyreek Hill should not be putting up 177 yards. I know he's really good at catching footballs and running faster than most humans. He's not, he, he should not be having that type of a day. That, that, that makes me seem like somebody loaded up madden like <laughs> do that. like it, it, I don't know what's going on with this defense and I really hope that the guys for the bye week are going to get some time to relax maybe get out of the state for a little bit and you know hang out with their family and really get back to 100 if they aren't there but I need them in the training facility looking at film Really assessing what the issue has been for them because it seems like the smallest of threats, and I'm not gonna in and, and maybe in size for Tyreek Hill's case, but the Bears should not be putting up points to where it's a competitive game. And this Dolphins team probably shouldn't have put up as 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 much of a fight as they should have, barring their their obstacles this past mm-hmm. Sunday. I The defense needs to improve coming out of the bye week, so it's really going to be interesting at how well they can assess it and can they even improve more, or is this just what the Vikings are going to have to deal with every week? Um, If that is the case, the, the offense is going to have to step up. And one point that I think it was Jonathan Vilma was the color commentator for the Vikings game on Sunday. He said something that kind of stuck out that was, where is this like, offensive wizardry that everybody's been talking about for Kevin O'Connell he wasn't very thrilled with the like the lack of creative play calling and to counter that I would say look at what Kevin O'Connell has schemed up in the red zone when they're on like the seven yard line getting a wide open receiver in the end zone back-to-back weeks for for Kirk Cousins I will, I believe it was uh, Irv Smith this past weekend mm-hmm. and then um, Adam Thielen had that same type of route designed for him last weekend, but to a point I do want to see not a circus, but I, I want to see more flair. Cause I mm-hmm. think once you kind of get in that, that swagger offense that I think everybody's been expecting since the uh, initial hire of Kevin O'Connell um, you're getting not just the Sunday, but the Sunday with sprinkles. So it is sweet and it's fun to look at. It. It's fun to eat, but then you get a little bit of that pizzazz with it. So I, I don't think we've gotten there yet, but it's still a new complex offense that mm-hmm. I think is clear that even Kirk Cousins is despite it being six games in now, he's still settling in. Um because we we've seen maybe some of his progressions not being as smooth as maybe past years. Like it mm-hmm. seems like he's slower going from guy to guy and just checking out things. So um I don't know. We're it the game it was it was a win. It wasn't a good win but it was a win. Um and I, it's it's hard to be mad about a team that is five and one and is tied for the second best record in the league, only behind uh, a little team called Philadelphia Eagles. But
2: uh, <laughs> never but heard of I, them.
0: I don't feel <laughs> I'm happy about it. I don't feel contempt about it or content about it. If that mm-hmm. if that makes sense, like they're five and one. I don't know if it feels like they should be five and one, but they are five and one. I'm happy about it. They have a two game lead in the division. And that that is the most important thing. Shout out to. Uh, shout out to the, the Packers for just being an absolute oh my mess right now. Um, but yeah, no, I, the fact mm-hmm. that they were able to, and I know I'm rambling here, so I'm going to wrap it up after this point, <laughs> but, uh, the fact that they were able to lobby for that later bye week, rather than having it right after their London trip, mm-hmm. you get two wins, one against the bears team that you absolutely should beat. And then at the beginning of the season, we were thinking, okay, dolphins are going to be tough and they were tough on Sunday. But you still get the win, and now you're six and one going into the bye. You're putting yourself in a real good spot to not only win the division, but probably get a decent positioning in terms of like maybe home playoff uh, Mm -hmm. advantage moving into the postseason.
1: Be careful, Asia. You can't say uh, Kirk Cousins is still learning the system too loud because we remember what Jason said about <laughs> him not wanting to hear. was that? What was that, what I was that again? Hear. I Kirk wasn't is paying
2: still attention that the system. Don't worry, I-, I didn't catch that. We're good. We're good. All good. The
0: reason why I forgot about that is because you guys' audio was so bad last week. <laughs>
2: Which, Very by the tough. way, I mean, your guys' audio should be fine, but I'm just using the little Apple earbuds. So, ladies and gentlemen, if my audio isn't crystal clear and as good as these two, then I apologize, and uh, it's just the way it's going to have to have to be. Um, okay, so uh, my couple takeaways, really quick. Uh, first of all, artists, if you felt bullied or pressured into picking the Dolphins last week, I just want to let you know that was all AJ. That, that had nothing to do with me. I, I had absolutely nothing to do with coercing you or putting any pressure on you in that regard, so I just want to get that on the record. Um Talking about scoring in the NFL, I did see somebody tweet out a stat that I believe scoring is down 22% across the league through uh, these first six games. So if you feel like it hasn't been that great of football or maybe not as high-fine offensive football the last few weeks just across the NFL, um, there's actually some statistics to actually back that up. Teams just aren't scoring as much for whatever reasons. For the Vikings, though. A 5-1 and football team, and last week I tried to be uh, super-duper positive and everything like that because they were 4-1 and coming off the Bears' victory. Um, I was confident that the Vikings were going to get this win. I ultimately predicted that they were going to do that because I just didn't think Skylar Thompson was going to put up as much of a fight as honestly I thought he'd be. I agree with you guys. Skylar Thompson actually looked pretty good. Um, I don't even know how long he has been in the league or whatever, but he's tracking to be a pretty competent backup quarterback. Obviously, Teddy got in the game and uh, Teddy actually, I mean, mean, he put up 329 yards on us. Sure. He had the two uh, interceptions as well, but uh, Teddy got out there and chucked that ball a little bit. Um, So, yes, the uh, the defense specifically did give up a lot of yardage. Per se for the Dolphins, but in terms of like locking down when they needed to, you know, the old Ben don't Brink mentality. I really liked what I saw from the Vikings this week. Um, Zadarius Smith and Daniel Hunter, they got theirs this week, specifically Zadarius Smith. What did he get like 11 pressures in this game, guys? It was absolutely insane. I remember last time a Viking. Uh, got that high in terms of pressures and stuff. But Zedarius had the top PFF grade this week for the Vikings at a 92. Daniel was right there behind him at a 90.7. And we have been talking for weeks now. Where have these guys been? Like Zedarius kind of flashed those first couple weeks against the Packers and the Eagles, but he's kind of, you know, I yeah, got hurt. He was out for a game. Like, let's take that into account. But people have been kind of wondering, hey, where's our brand new shiny free agent toy that we got in the offseason? Well, He made his feelings and his presence known uh, in Miami. And so so did Zadarius, which was really encouraging. Here was the most surprising PFF score, though, gentlemen, because we obviously just talked about just a ton of passing yards being allowed in this game. More questions about the secondary. I don't know how much we can trust Chandon Sullivan much longer. He did not have a good game by any means. But Patrick Peterson, though, I don't know, man he looked really, really good out there. He was getting his hands into receivers uh, lanes and everything like that. He looked really good. And he had an 89.9 PFF score to back that up too. And if Cam Dantzler is only going to keep improving and if Pat P can maintain that level of play um, maybe I'm a little bit more encouraged about the secondary going into the bye week than maybe I just think, if you just looked at the box score of this game, you're like, oh my gosh, how could you give up that many passing yards to Teddy and to Skylar Thompson? But if you actually look at the analytics, the secondary didn't really do as bad of a job as the people thought they did. Um, the thing I really was happy about in this game too is that we finally got Dalvin Cook to break one. Thank goodness, a 50-yard run. We've been wondering where that's been all season. And to do that, hometown Miami, he had like, Hundreds of people at that game. Like there were a ton of Vikings fans down in Miami to begin with. I swear half of them were there just for Dalvin cook. Um, <laughs> And he had a wonderful game to back that up too. JJ pretty standard game for him. In fact, actually after the game was over, I don't know how you guys felt, but I kind of was like, yeah, I don't really think JJ had much of a great game or anything. I didn't really see him too much because i had him feeling good. A lot of targets and stuff. And then I go look at the box score. Oh, he's got like seven receptions for over a hundred yards. He's doing exactly what Justin Jefferson does every single week and kirk was just kind of kirk i don't know but i mean guys you you saw it again he's he's turning it he's drip cousins now man the bling that this man is wearing onto the airplanes now with his white t-shirt tucked in the swag is just through the roof with my quarterback right now. So he could throw like four interceptions right now. Kirk Cousins is the swaggiest quarterback in all of football. That's just me.
1: He's um, having fun.
2: He's, having, he's fun. having. so much fun. And you know what? Honestly, in just regards to all this, like this is a Kirk Cousins, at least behind the scenes that I don't remember seeing these last four years. It's almost as if there's like a monkey off his back or a big shadowy veil off of him. That is allowing him to, I don't know, actually enjoy his job a little bit instead of like always wonder, oh, my God, is my boss going to hate me and he's going to say hi to me as I walk down the hallway or something like that? Like it's, it's 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 a side of Kirk Cousins that honestly, I don't think we've seen here in Minnesota just because I think he's been hesitant to do so because obviously, like, you know, his working dynamics and his relationships there probably weren't weren't the best. Anyway, we're getting off track a little bit. Five and one. You know, basically have a three-game lead over the Packers now because you beat them in week one. You got, a, you got the tiebreaker over them. I'm telling you guys, going 3-0 and against your division this early in the season was huge for this football team. You got the bye week. Then you got the commanders after that, who I believe Taylor Heineke, former Viking, will be starting for them because Carson Wentz, Artis' boy, is going to be out for a couple weeks with, uh, I believe, a broken finger or something like that. And so, man, I was confident last week, gentlemen. My confidence is even heavier right now. There's still plenty of time for them to screw it up. Believe me. I saw this with the 2016 Vikings. They, uh, I believe, went 5-0. and And after their fifth win, they played the Giants on Monday Night Football. And it was one of the most just, just manhandling pr- defensive performances I've seen from that team when they were really peeking at their defense back then. And then everything just kind of fell off a cliff. Adrian Peterson got hurt um Sam Bradford just didn't start playing as good and stuff like that and the season kind of fell apart so there's still there's still plenty of time for the Vikings to screw it up we have a we definitely remember when that happens for the Vikings but at five and one still trying to figure things out right now I am I'm so confident and also I just got to throw out this that really quick before I shut up and artists you can talk we uh how many times we had 10 three and outs in this game against the Dolphins out of our 15 drives 10 of them were three and outs and we still won the game. That's insanity to me. That is absolute insanity to me. And if the Vikings are doing that kind of stuff, but still winning ball games, Whoa, like this is a this is a pretty cool five and one. Still plenty of room to improve. Let's not like kid ourselves. But man, my confidence is soaring right now.
1: Yeah. And I think it should be, you know, there look at the end of the day, everybody wants to make excuses for why teams are winning football games trust me i know as an eagles fan (laughs) people make (laughs) excuses for winning all the time oh this player didn't play oh this player was was hurt oh this is what happened oh if this happened that way it at the end of the day good football teams find ways to win games whether it be blowouts whether it be ugly whether it be bad whether good weather, whether it be in london whether it be at home whether it be Mm -hmm. on the road it does not matter good football good football teams they find ways to win games and the Minnesota Vikings are finding ways to win games, you know. Now, mm-hmm. like we said, I figured, I figured the defense is going to have a hard time with those weapons. You know, Tyreek Hill went out there for the most part and kind of had okay. a field day. Waddle, um, also I mean, yeah, there.
2: Waddle did too. He put up 129 very yeah. quietly because Tyreek was going off.
1: Yes, Waddle, yep, uh, six receptions, 129 mm-hmm. yards. Um, tight end Mike, I can't
2: pronounce his last name. I'm sorry. Yes. He does the best gritty of all time. He does it better than JJ and he Um, hit it. He had two touchdowns. So he hit it twice. His gritty does look like it is a little bit improved. So good for you, Mike
1: brings me to a point that AJ said before, I am getting tired of seeing the gritty. I I, <laughs> I agree, I agree. Everybody can't do it. Like let's let's come out with another touchdown. Now. Like can somebody just break out the salsa again,
0: like Victor Cruz used to? Or oh yeah, you know, do,
1: something do, else or somebody do you know, the Carlton?
0: Yeah. Why is the yeah. Carlton not a common thing by somebody? It, it, it's so recognizable. It's like like every and everybody loves it. No, I've yes. never one met one person that's like, I hate Alfonso Rivera in the fresh prince Uh fresh Prince Belair. I do. Yeah. everybody loves it. Some it's so easy, just bust it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, literally. Yep. It's do, better do than something.
2: flossing or anything, you know, whatever the kids on Fortnite are doing these days. Literally, do something new, do
1: something different. <laughs> but for the most part, this game went in a similar fashion that I thought it would go. You know, the Minnesota Vikings offense really did this game was ugly all the way through for the most part, and still so for probably the fourth quarter. This game was just an ugly game. The Minnesota Vikings struggled to get the ball moving up and down the field. The um, Dolphins were getting pressure in on Kirk Cousins all game long, but same thing was happening and vice versa. We saw a good quarterback play. We saw a bad quarterback play. I mean, it was just – it was another ugly game. But I've given up, and I said this (laughs) last week, and I'll say it again. I have given up on assuming that the Minnesota Vikings are going to blow anyone out or besides when they got blown out by Philly – get blown out by anybody because they literally do play up and down to their opponents i mean it is what they do which is why i'm like hey a backup might go in there and get it done by the way did i feel a little bit of pressure last week kind of but it was all aj it was all aj it
2: was all aj i have
1: have to be honest for the taxi squad fans i picked the dolphins (laughs) because i really thought the dolphins could win that game and up until Jalen waddle's Random, I mean random fumble. Yeah, (laughs) he does not do. I was watching like, yo, I am upset that this prediction might be right. They might actually win this football game now with Teddy Bridgewater coming in and throwing for three hundred something yards, two touchdowns. They might really pull this off. The Vikings have a lot of work to do. That that they have a lot of work to do, mainly on the defensive side of the ball. I believe in the offense. No matter what, they still managed to put up points. It may be ugly. It might not be the prettiest way to do it, but they still managed to put up a good amount of points week in and week out. The issue is the defense. It played a little bit better, and it made plays when necessary. You brought mm. up Patrick Peterson. If I'm not mistaken, Patrick Peterson is from Miami and made a guarantee mm. that he was going to get an interception. I saw this on their, on their podcast. My man. My he made man. a guarantee he was going to get an interception, and he did. So kudos to him nice. for having a great game against those receivers. But – at the end of the day, that defense. I just think, guys, it comes down to they are old. They move slow. <laughs> like you could, you could see yeah. it. You can see it. Like they don't have enough youth in that defense right now, and that's how they get burnt. That's how they get burnt downfield. That's how guys end up so wide open. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to okay, what is this offense and Kevin O'Connell gonna do to to get them either back in the game or, or have them win this game. That's what, that's what it has come down to every week. And luckily it has worked out. I can't fault Kevin O'Connell too much for not being innovative enough. And all of that, we see spurts and then we don't, it's kind of on and off right now, but he is doing
0: enough to get you to five and one. How about the the old guy regime this past Sunday? How about that? Patrick Peterson with a pick late. Oh, yeah. Uh, Harrison Smith. Yep. interception and a fumble. Yep. Yeah, Uh Zadarius Smith, I'm going to put him in the old guy regime. Two sacks for him. He had himself a day and I will give him credit because that guy, that guy was gassed. They're out there in 120 degree heat. Oh. And yeah. he's out there busting his behind in the fourth quarter just getting to Teddy. Yeah. Oh my god, he he was huffing and puffing, but god, he was he would not be denied. Um and then the D, the D-line actually and I know, I know. Earlier, I said that it like it, it wasn't a pretty game, so nobody really looked all that good in the sense. The biggest sp- uh, bright spot on the defense, that D line, yeah, Patrick Patrick Jones coming in for uh, DJ Wanham, who was out yeah. for the week. Two sacks, yep. two sacks. I want to say that's his first career start. Yep, what a seventy-eight what a,
2: PFF grade, two.
0: Good game. Well, welcome into the NFL. Wow, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then Daniel Hunter. Um, I know he. He he creates pressure, but he he only had one only. Um <laughs> I mean they 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 look good. Those two yeah. guys, um, they, they had a nice thing post uh post game where they were talking about like somebody threw something out there to Daniel mainly that was like, Hey, you know, we know you've played with Teddy before. What was like the familiarity there? They're like, We know he likes deep balls. Mm-hmm. And that's what yep. and, and they yeah. knew they were gonna be a part of the game, so they knew they had to step up. And boy, did they? Uh five sacks for, for them. Um really really big game for the D line. Um and special teams, special teams. Ryan Wright. He's he's had a couple Shang punts at times, but <laughs> yeah. The 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 thicker, as I'm as I'm calling him, the thick, <laughs> the thick, the thick punter, uh thick kicker. He 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 gets yeah. it done. That guy, what is a 73-yard punt? Just a yes. Boot, Um, one of the stats through this week is the Vikings. I I don't know the exact lingo, so bear with me here, but it's something like they have the best starting position. They, they have the best starting position out of any team in the NFL when it comes to starting on defense, if that makes sense, solely because Ryan Wright is putting the offense of the other teams way back in their own zone, way back in their own zone, um, He's he won the job and I know people at the time it's like you know it's a punter who cares let's just go with this guy we know what we can do they made the right choice this guy he it, it's a punter can't be that game changing but he's doing his best to make it a game changing punter decision for
2: himself every, each and every week yeah uh i've said this on this podcast before too and i don't think a lot of vikings fans talk about it enough the punting position for this team has been a bigger revolving door than the kicking position for this team. So to see anybody really just grab the reins with this job. And obviously like Ryan Wright had a billion opportunities when you go 10 to five when you uh, have 10, three and outs in a game, you're going to get plenty of opportunity to get those kicks. in. so that war on that. And it was warm out too. So that leg better be warm. And you guys did see, it was like a 30 degree difference on the Viking sideline compared yes. to the Dolphins sideline. Yes. Those tricky bastards down there, man. I swear <laughs> to God, they, they man. honestly, like I bet in some cases, this might be a very preposterous statement to say, but if they play those kind of games like that, I wonder for some teams, if it's harder perceived to them to like go play in a place like that than like in a cold day at lambeau field you know what i mean yeah because like everybody's cold when it's cold right there's not really anything you can do about it. when it's hot you can be in the shade you can be in the sun and next thing you know you're sweating in a big purple jersey and <laughs> helmet while the other team is nice and cool on the sideline uh it's so funny Um uh, so not... about oh sorry go ahead
1: no i was just gonna say not to harp again on this defense but i think okay so I don't think it's far-fetched to say this is the best defensive game the Minnesota Vikings have played this season. Would you guys agree?
2: It might be, because, like, here's the thing. We had 32 total pressures against the Dolphins in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, We had 76 going into it through five weeks. So we got about 45% of our season pressure total in just one game. So so I I know there's like some other like evidence like the passing yards. I know that like we give a lot of passing yards though. But I was just gonna um, say that maybe okay the Packer game was probably a better defensive effort, but this is probably the second best.
1: Okay, I was gonna say okay that's fair. It's just I find it remarkable that the second best effort that you have, and again I know you said forget about the passing yards for a second, but Mm -hmm. the second best defensive effort that you've had, you surrendered four over 400 passing yards in a ball game. I think I just think that is. I don't know, man. This, I, I you know, didn't allow anything on, on the ground. It.
2: Though. Miami How? didn't do anything on the ground. Moster That's didn't get true. going. Edmonds didn't get going. So yes. if they were going to get anything, it was just going to be in the air.
1: That's very true. That is very true. And I'm happy that they did shut down the run, the Russian attack, because I did think that would be an issue as well. But I don't know, man. I, I feel like we got to hold this defense. And again, only gave up 16 points. And it was that last touchdown. I mean, I don't want to say garbage time, but it kind of felt like garbage time a bit. Yeah. I just, I don't know, man. Watching it, it just—I just, just want to <laughs> see more from them. I want to see more from the Minnesota Vikings defense going forward. I, I just do. That, Can I ask you guys
2: this really quick? Does it kind of—I mean, not, not that like we're sounding repetitive or anything, but it kind of feels like we're saying the same thing after these last couple weeks, aren't we? Yes. That we're just like winning. we want to see more, even though we're satisfied with these wins. But it's just like there's they're just, winning. Yeah, they're winning the same.
1: It's like they're winning the yeah. same way every week. Mm -hmm. It it, it feels feels like they're winning the same way. Like some weeks are a little more dramatic than others, but it feels (laughs) like they're winning the same exact way. And we always end up looking at the defense like, yo, what is going on? And what what it really is, is we're thinking about when they play better competition, it's going to be hard winning the games the way they've been winning games. Now we'll take the five and one, but it's going to be hard winning games going forward against better competition. And later on in the postseason, with the defense playing like this, is is it's it's gonna be hard. I think I said that last week too. We are like a broken record at this point, yeah. but it, it's the truth. It is the truth. But yeah. I am happy that they came away with that. I am happy that they came away with the win because five and one at the end of the day is five and one. It's five and one. Number I two in the
2: in the NFC. It's mean, not hey, six and zero. It's not six and zero. But it's five. It's not and six and zero. 0. <laughs> I mean, everybody can't be
1: everybody can't be the Eagles, man. You know, everybody can't be uh, you right now. But you know, no,
0: the Vikings, they're they're a sitcom. The Vikings are are they're a, they're a cable sitcom. You tune in, they are a detective like crime show. You mm. tune in, you know, okay, here's the crime. We gotta figure out who did it and what happened. So they find the dead body and they go around, they attack the suspects, and they piece the clues together, and you're like, I know where this is going. Um and then it, oh, there's a little twist. And oh, they, they, they actually, the, the case goes cold, but then, oh, something pops up and they go back and talk to the, the warehouse guy, the truck driver that they talked to, uh, like earlier in the episode in like the first commercial break. And he was the killer the entire time and they solve it. That's the Vikings. That's the Vikings because yeah. they start the game and they're gonna, they, 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 maybe get a lead at some point. And then, oh, here comes the twist. The case goes cold or whatever <sighs> the, the, the other, the other team. Inches back into it now. All of a sudden, we have a game, and all of a sudden, like all oh, that defensive stop at the late, oh, it, hey, late pick, late fumble forced, and all the they talk to the guy, the truck driver. So now they solve the case and they win the game. And then the one time that they lost something, they tried something new in terms of like the theme of the show, and it didn't work out. But um, the Vikings are just a cable; they're a cable crime drama. That's all they are. They're Law and Order. They're CSI. Yeah, like- they are. They're Sherlock Holmes. They're. I know what's going to happen. I'm turning on the game on Sunday at noon the only time that changes is is what time they play that's that's the only thing that yeah. changes I, am I sitting down at noon am I sitting down at three o'clock or is it seven o'clock on a Sunday or Monday night and I hope it's not the latter of the two I I know that I'm yeah. gonna be in for a better treat if it's not in a prime time um it's true I it's the I'm watching the same thing every week it it's I don't want them to lose. I'd rather them win, and I know what's happen. I know what's going to happen, but mm-hmm. I just want one episode of this show, this 2022-23 Minnesota Vikings sitcom. To I want full. I want them to solve the case five seconds in. I want them to show up at the crime oh. scene. They see the dead body, and then and then Aaron Rodgers is standing in the corner. And he's oh. like, "I killed him," and they're like, Sweet. <laughs> and then and then. They that's just it. lock them up, and then all they do the rest of the time is just talk about. Oh, that was that was easy. That was super fun. How how convenient that the killer was at the scene of the crime already when we got there. Right. Win a game easily. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> that's a long winded way of just saying win a game easily.
1: Every oh, game my gives you a heart attack. Every game has you like Yo. But it it is entertaining. I will say that. But every oh, game yeah. has
2: you like. Ah. I like. See, that's just it. I. See, I don't know about you guys, but when it comes to sports, I do to an extent like riding the roller coaster. I don't want my roller coaster to just be one flat, like, but to a horizontal line, you know, I like to, to sweat a little bit, you know what I mean? I don't know,
1: but to an extent, not every <laughs> week, not every week. I like that fun me, here. <laughs> you see the Vikings blow someone out, especially if it's a division rival like the Bears or the Lions or the sure. Packers, you see them blow someone out, and that is going to be just as sad. You're going to sit there. With whatever you're drinking, whatever you're eating, you're gonna watch the entire
2: blowout, and you're gonna be like, "Wow, this was amazing." I just wanted—I just want as many talking points in Taxi Squad as possible. So the more (laughs) chaos that ensues, the more we have to talk about on here. I'm I'm just saying. I'm—I'm thinking about the ratings around here. I don't know. So, but um, I mean, I I think the best opportunity for them might be their. I mean, I don't know how much we'll get into preview because we've got a full week to to get through in the bye week and everything, but. I mean, if we're talking about another like maybe get right game for this team, and I think we've been talking about for the last couple weeks now. I mean, the commanders might be that considering Taylor Heineke's gonna be starting for them, even though he's a pretty starting, he's a pretty competent backup quarterback. He got some starting run. Was it last year or the year before? And he played decent for them. He um gave Tom Brady that run for his money in the playoff game on that first year with Tampa Bay, right?
1: The Vikings have the Cardinals next.
2: No, yes.
0: Oh, do they?
1: Yep, they got the Cardinals next.
2: hmm. Call, oh, Call of Duty Tyler.
0: Call of Duty Tyler and Marquise Brown is going to be out, but
2: they will have D hop back from suspension. And I if I'm apologize. not mistaken, yeah, they do. I don't know why I thought they had the command. You know, if, it's probably because of the Carson Wentz news. And I heard the Taylor Heineke thing. So sorry about if, that, guys. Don't pay attention if, to me.
1: If I'm not mistaken, the Cardinals just made a trade for Robbie Anderson,
2: too. Oh, my God. Yes. He yeah.
0: Forced his way out of Carolina. Yes. Um, couldn't stand playing with Baker Mayfield. Uh, oh, what, a, what a surprise no a surprise. i i i for one am shocked uh, <laughs> <laughs> but i mean the, the good news, team the good news the good news and i'm trying to google this here um the release date for the new call of duty modern warfare 2 <laughs> is oh when does it come out infinity ward
2: double xp uh, double xp double xp double xp it, it, it should
0: come out before the next vikings game i want to say so Kyle uh, Kyler Murray is scientifically going to play terrible. Yes,
1: he will be distracted. That's for sure. For sure. Yeah, but that definitely either October way over 20th, that...
2: it comes out in two days. So, Ooh. yeah. And and he's going to be screwed, too, because that's a noon game here at U.S. Bank Stadium. And that's a West Coast team coming to the Central Time Zone to play a noon game. So he's going to be up late playing Call of Duty. He's not going to understand the time change or anything. He's going to realize, oh, crap, I got to be at US Bank Stadium in like six hours. I better go to bed. He's screwed. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Nuke is coming back, though. DeAndre Hopkins is coming back. It's and I really need him be... for my fantasy team. Very bad. And this is, might be good timing with Hollywood Brown going out and everything. But uh, yeah.
0: But how about Zach Hurts down there? Sorry to cut you off, artists. but oh, you good. know, you know, Zach Ertz, his play super well, just because of how I, I'm, is, is he considered a legend among Eagles fans? Yes. I feel like he has, he has to be, right? He's got to be yeah. the best
2: tight end in franchise history, right? I'd have to go back down the tree, but in my life, there's going to be some old Zach guy Art- like, mm-hmm. like metalhead McGee or
0: something like that.
1: Like, yeah. yeah. Playing an old vet stadium, yeah. In my in my time, 27 years of life, Zach Hertz has been the best tight end. Now, Goddard is creeping up. He's pretty good too. He's pretty good too. Zach Ertz is like next level. He's yeah. Now, I haven't really seen much of him doing well in Arizona. Maybe I'm not watching him close enough. I haven't, I mean, he was kind of a stinker against Philadelphia when I watched him play against Philly. But I haven't really seen him again. Be the Zach Ertz of old. I think he's just getting to that point in his career. I don't expect him to be a big time factor when they meet up against the Vikings in a couple weeks. But D Hop, Robbie Anderson, and Kyler. Mm-hmm. Even though Kyler be fresh off of how many hours of sleep, that's gonna be interesting. I'm sure we're gonna get into that more next week. Mm-hmm. But final thoughts, guys, going into the bye week, Vikings five and one. I, I if, if, um, if yeah if, if 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 I told you guys. Week one, the Vikings are going to be five and one going into the bye. I don't think anyone would care about how it happened or how it occurred, right? Especially if everybody, for the most part, remained healthy. I think we all be like, okay, we'll take yep. that.
2: We'll yeah, I, I, I understand, Vikings fans. You're waiting for this to all crumble and fall apart. I understand. We understand how this works, and there's the potential of that. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, let's think about some of the other five and one teams really quick. I don't think a lot of Giants fans are complaining too much about being in the position that they're in. You know what I mean? I think that they're pretty dang satisfied. I think they're happy. They didn't expect their team to be in this instance or in this position either. I was telling you um, uh, before we started recording that first take to debate yesterday, where it was Stephen A., Rex Ryan, Michael Irvin, and Dan Orlovsky, and they were debating which team is the better 5-1 team, the Vikings or the Giants. And I was telling you, artists, like... If you were to ask me five wins and one loss ago, like who would have thought that the Vikings and the Giants would even be a part of that kind of conversation on first take. So yeah. to an extent, we got to be thankful here, especially because also the Giants are in a similar situation with us. They're with a brand new first year head coach, more offensive oriented, and they're getting results too. Saquon's coming back and Saquon's <laughs> Saquon's back, man. Saquon is legit back. Uh, the Bills are five and one, too. And obviously, they're probably they probably got some question marks too. I'm sure they're talking about it still. But I feel like out of all the best teams uh, that are in the that are in the league-wise standing-wise, I feel like the Vikings might be the most scrutinized by their own fan base. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. a lot of that just has to do one, we weren't expecting to be here, and two, we just we just expect the ship to sink at some point. And probably Vikings fans will be doing that throughout the entire season. And like whatever your definition of the ship sinking is, I don't really know. I guess that's to an extent, like. I guess for me, like if they found a way to choke away the division at that point, I think that would be like a pretty catastrophic thing considering the position you are in now. My so, thing be, my thing yeah. would be missing the playoffs. My thing, yeah. Playoffs. yeah. And at this point, I think I saw that we have an 80 some percent chance to win to the division now. Great like, Green Bay is only at like 14 or something. Yeah. So, like, it, it's it's crazy because, like, because, like, I think for me as a sports fan, like with baseball, that's like kind of where I like when I think about games back, games ahead or stuff like that. I think about those standings for whatever reason, more so than like basketball or hockey or football. And so when I hear like a two game lead, I don't think it's that much because a two game lead in baseball isn't that much. You know what I mean? But then I hear it in football and it takes me a minute to realize like, oh, wait, yeah, a two game lead in football actually is pretty damn monumental. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the comparison would be like how many how much a two game lead would equate to like whatever game lead in baseball but it's just like i have to remind myself just like yeah the packers and anybody else in the division that wants to compete for it has an insanely uphill battle now at this point
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. that that is for sure and i believe yeah. it's a two and a half is it a two and a half game lead because they beat the the yes, with, the, with
2: the tiebreaker yes and that's yes. the case oh. with all the teams too i mean they have the tiebreaker over all the nfc north right now not that yes. the lions and the bears are going to be too much of a problem as the season goes on. at the on end of the
1: day having a great division record is solid my, mm-hmm. last quick, my last quick takeaway is big picture before we move on to the minnesota Timberwolves, which i am so excited yes. to quickly get into yes you guys brought up the offense of these teams and how the offenses have looked really bad i think it's mainly because NFL defenses are stepping up this year. I mean, you look at the defenses in the NFL this year. I mean, you have a good amount of defensive teams in the league. You have the 49ers. The Bills are really good defensively. The Broncos are great defensively. Obviously, you have (laughs) Philadelphia there. The Packers are solid defensively. The Rams can be up and down, but they're still pretty decent. The Mm -hmm. Buccaneers are solid defensively. Dallas, if I didn't mention them earlier, because I don't like them. But either way, (laughs) they're they're pretty good defensively. Got exposed last week. But – um. They're pretty good defensively. The Jets with um um sauce and DJ Reed. Yeah, know yeah. The the coats aren't back, Jacksonville isn't bad. Like you the Giants are winning games mainly because of their defense and their rushing attack. You have a lot of good defensive teams that are making it harder on these offenses. But I say that to say the Vikings are poised in a good position at five and one, better than most teams in the NFL to actually make noise and make a run. If there was ever a moment in time where the Vikings could pull something out of the hat, get in the playoffs, make a run, with the NFL being as, I mean, the entire NFL is open. You don't really see many dominant teams in the league this year. Especially the in the NFC,
2: man. Especially it's, in the NFC, besides your Eagles.
1: Especially in the NFC. It, it's wide open. And it is yeah. there for anybody to come up and take. So, it is it is there. But, mm-hmm. we got to move on to Minnesota so Timberwolves. Oh, the
2: basketballs back, baby! Because it is that oh,
1: time. It that is excitement that time. level. I
2: told you before, I wasn't reaching. I just found it right now. I yes. just, I just got butterflies in my stomach. They're just thinking about that another, the third season, the junior year of Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert being here, cat sure. doing cat things. Artists, it's it's here, and uh, your Lakers, I, your Lakers should be better this year too. By the way, I hope they are. Maybe they, they should trade Russ first, and they get even better. I've been saying for the longest <laughs> that they need to go ahead, get
1: rid of those two first rounds or those two unprotected picks, trade West <laughs> with the Westbrook, and go and get Miles Turner and go and get go get Buddy Hill or whatever other piece you need to get, <laughs> and get Russ Westbrook off the basketball team. I've been hey. saying that for the longest. I understand you want to hold on to those picks because they have so much value. <laughs> LeBron James is like 45 years of age. Anthony <laughs> Davis is as injury prone as it gets. You are in win now mode. Why are you thinking about draft picks? You are the Los <laughs> Angeles. I know this is not about the or not about the Wolves. I'm sorry. Now. But How you are, are the Los yes. Angeles Lakers. You don't win championships off draft picks. You never really have besides. No, you're you just the win them in the
2: bubble. when they don't draft
1: To get Kobe Bryant outside of that. You made a trade to, or you you signed LeBron James in the offseason <laughs> one year. You made a trade for Skekillano. <laughs> you made a trade for Witt Trembling. You made a trade for Pau Gasol. You traded for all your pieces to win championships, <laughs> and now all of a sudden we want to protect draft picks. Whatever. <gasps> whatever. Oh. The Minnesota
2: Timberwolves, however. Who are the t- Minnesota Timberwolves? <laughs> the oh Minnesota my gosh. That was wonderful, How man. You were holding... I think you were holding that in for a little bit. I was. It is
1: frustrating because we all know Russ does not want to be there. Our fans don't want him there. I don't think his own teammates
2: really want them there. Y'all won there. a title I... two years ago. Relax. Oh I so, don't It's to. Build for the future for a little bit in that time, I'm just we, saying. When you have LeBron James on your team, I get it, it is no longer about
1: building for the future. Okay. It is about finding ways to win right now.
2: Can we and talk about...
1: Yes. The Lakers need to figure that out. But, again, you you are the reason why this is going longer than you should, by the way. You are the reason. The Timberwolves. I am looking at the Timberwolves schedule right now. Let's see. Yes. One, two, three... Four, right. five. They open against Oklahoma City, right? I think so. Before they meet the Lakers, and it'll probably be a win too, if we're being honest. I think they can start the season off seven and zero and get off to a fast start. They got the temp. They got Oklahoma City tomorrow. They got the Jazz after that. They have mm-hmm. the Oklahoma City again. They have the Spurs nice. back to or not back to back. They have the Spurs on the twenty fourth of October. They got the Spurs again on the twenty sixth. Then they have the Lakers, and they have the Spurs again on the thirtieth. The way this team is constructed, the way this team is built, it is built to beat every team I just mentioned. Because I think those teams, maybe with the exception of the Lakers, will be bottom feeder teams in the Western Conference. Yeah, Every team I just mentioned will be bottom feeder teams in the Western Conference. I don't think any of those teams will be solid. And so I'm really looking forward to the Wolves getting off to a fast start and really making some serious noise early. I like it because it gives the team – time against not very good opponents mm-hmm. to get that chemistry to get that camaraderie with you know Rudy go bear and mm-hmm. and you know blend it all together make it all come together kind of figure out how you want to win ball games early i know basketball is a long season so things take time but it'll be nice to get off to a fast start work Jaden mcdaniels into the lineup i believe mm. he's starting now mm-hmm. and you know you got, a, you got a fresh pretty much a fresh new lineup not a fresh lineup but you got two major oh, it's fresh. It's, fresh. it's yeah. fresh. You got two major pieces in Jaden McDaniels and Rudy Gobert coming in now in your starting lineup. So it's basically brand new. You don't have Patrick or I'm about to say Patrick Peterson. Pat Beth, You don't have any more him anymore on the roster. I miss him so much. Which is sad. Which is mm. sad. Um, so you kind of have to have a new guy that's gonna be the voice of the team, I would say a guy that's going to get under people's skin, a guy Anthony
2: Edwards. I was
1: going to say that he's going to have to be that guy. I don't see anybody else in this roster really being that guy. So he's going to have to step into that role. But I love the fact that they have, I won't say cakewalks to start, but Mm -hmm. they have kind of like a, they have get, they have like six, seven get right games early in the season to figure out, okay, how's this going to work? How are we going to run our offense? How are we going to run our defense? What kind of sets are we coming out on or coming out in and, you know how are we going to look mm-hmm. this year? So, I'm excited for what this team can do. I this should be a top five Western Conference team. I would. Oh, it should be a top
2: a, four, or three. I was going to say I was.
1: I'm going to go as high as number four in the mm-hmm. Western Conference. Um, and that mm-hmm. is saying something because the West is very deep. Mm -hmm. But the way this team is constructed, if Anthony Edwards takes that next step, which we all think he will, Carl Anthony Towns takes, takes, well, I won't say takes another step, but kind of remains himself at this point in time, I expect the Wolves to be very dangerous. The one thing I am watching out for, though, is when we run those big lineups, and Rudy Gobert is a liability on defense on the perimeter, but you know who else is a a liability on the perimeter? Cat. He's a liability, too. Yep. He gets crossed over a
2: ton, man. You get him caught in a pick and roll, he's doomed.
1: Yes, Mm yes. So that'll be interesting to watch. But again, we got six, seven get right games to to start. (laughs) You'll see some of those weaknesses come out early. You'll see some coaching adjustments, hopefully early. Mm -hmm. And
2: let's get this thing rolling. Yes, sir. Um, So you heard about. Cat's illness that he was dealing with a few weeks ago. He had like some kind of throat issue or whatever. Uh, they listed, I think the heights and the weights for NBA rosters the last couple of days. Uh, and yeah. I think yesterday I saw that Anthony Edwards is 239 pounds. Carl is 238 Carl Anthony towns weighs less than Anthony Edwards right now. He lost a significant amount of weight. Now I think part of that was planned. I, I think like he, I mean, sure. He lost a lot of weight because of his illness, but I think he was intending to get a little bit leaner. I think that was his plan anyway, but obviously he got sick. And, um, you know, obviously, um, you know, when you hear about Carl or anybody in Carl's family getting sick, you kind of pause for a second. Cause we know what everything has been through and like that. So like you mentioned artists, Um, And even just looking at him in press conference, he does look considerably thinner. I mean, yeah, he's 30 pounds lighter. So these get right games that you're talking about, these two games against Oklahoma City, then you got three of four against the Spurs. Um, Hopefully that will be able to give him time to get some conditioning in because it seems pretty apparent that Carl needs to get that conditioning in right now. Um, in, in terms of any other injury issues or anything like that, I think we're pretty healthy going into the season. I haven't heard really too much about any backups having issues, any of our starters. Um, I think the only thing I saw today is that Eric Pascal is going to be out for the home opener because of a left ankle and Achilles tendonitis, but that's Eric Pascal. I don't think we're going to be losing too much of that, especially because we're going to be playing Oklahoma city. Um, so yeah, I, I wonder what the plan will be. Um, because I know there were even a few preseason games that they wanted to get Carl in, but obviously that they didn't because they were trying to get his conditioning going. I know that he was able to get in for that Brooklyn game, and the team did tease that that was going to be the first time you would see Gobert and Cat on the floor at the same time, and they did get in, so they did make good on their word on that. Um, But yeah, I, I, this is actually one of the most, and and I I think this will just, it's a matter of time, just give him like a couple weeks into the season and Carl will be fine. But going into the season, like I'm really wondering, like, now, like just like where Kat is at with his health, where it's going to be building towards. I don't know if this is something that's only going to last a couple of games, a couple weeks. I don't really know, but it's obviously obviously something on my radar. Um, in terms of other just uh, news going on, um, I did see that uh, Brian Windhorst hop on with Darren Doogie Wilson on the Scoop podcast and uh basically didn't necessarily break news but basically told me that there's there there's no news happening right now um on a D'Angelo Russell contract extension front. Um now I think probably the plan for that is that they want to see how a season starts with uh, see how COE gels with Go Bear and how we might continue to develop with catch or ants, but uh, I don't know artists think that might be potentially a distraction for this team at, at all. Just point. not knowing what their point guard situation might be beyond next season or you think it's just about the now?
1: I think it's just about the now. I don't think mm-hmm. that's a big deal. Uh, mm-hmm. To your earlier point, I want to touch on it really quick. Um, hopefully Cat is okay and he gets you mm-hmm. know well soon or he gets back in shape um soon. I did hear about that. Didn't know if I really want to touch on that too much. I'm expecting <laughs> yeah. him to kind of. I'm expecting them to kind of lighten this load a bit when it comes to minute when it comes to minutes. I'm expecting that you have Rudy Gobert now for a reason. He can't stretch the floor and score like Cat, but he can man the paint. Okay, and so. Limit cat's playing time at the moment. Get it. Get him in the gym. Get his conditioning right. You still have Anthony Edwards, D'Lo. You still have Jaden McDaniels. You still have guys that can put the ball in the hole. And against these against these teams, it shouldn't be a problem. Right. It shouldn't right. be a. Pro- it should not be an issue early on. Now, if later they even on the season, started
2: him with like twenty-five minutes or like twenty to twenty-five minutes these first couple of games, I probably would be okay with that.
1: Exactly. That's that's and that's all the time he needs for now until he gets his wind back under him. Until he gets his weight back up. Just hey. Limit him as much as you possibly can at the moment. Allow him to get his win under him. You have time to do it. Even if, mm-hmm. even though these are get right games, even if you begin to lose some of these games, it's an 82 game season. You have time. You have time. Make sure Cat is 100% right going forward. Don't try to force him out there and, 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 and push him beyond the amount of minutes he should be playing. Give him time to, to get right. But back to the D point, I don't, I think at this point for D'Angelo Russell, and for the team, it shouldn't be a distraction because now d you're playing for your worth. Right. You're playing to show what you're worth. You're playing to show you deserve a contract extension. You're playing to show that, you know, you are still an elite player in this game. And I think when, when the money is on the line, players tend to play a bit better than when they have the big contract to sit back on. And it's like, Oh, I'm good for the next four or five years. You know, <laughs> they tend to play better in those situations. And so, I expect d to be pretty solid this year. I think the addition of Rudy Gobert helps him a ton, pick-and-roll action all day long. I think, you know, Rudy Gobert helps your pick-and-roll game like crazy. Yes. He really does. He really does. Lob's at the rack. d always been a really good passer. And so I expect d to be better this year coming off of the playoff series where he was pretty much abysmal for the most part against the Memphis Grizzlies. It better not be a distraction for him or anyone else on this roster the expectations is too high. Kat was in the offseason talking about Kobe and Shaq. These guys are yes, the talking about championships. We know how Anthony Edwards talks. Rudy Gobert was saying the same thing. I mean, the, the expectation now is championships is what he was saying. I mean, I'm here to win a championship, right? And so you can't let something like, this situation with D be a distraction if you're trying to win a championship. You can't. This is where a guy like Pat Bev would have been pivotal to keep on your roster because he probably could, could help have kept him, honestly. Focus?
2: What was I don't that? Think, I don't think, like, Pat Bev being involved in those trades really made much of a difference. You know what I mean? Like he could have been in them. He could have been out of them. I think yes. it's like, would have, I don't think that would have like tilted the trades in any particular direction. You know what I mean? I'm just saying.
1: They don't, they're, they're, I, I agree. I agree. We don't know the exact details on that, but I agree. But this is where mm-hmm. you would need a guy. If it was a distraction, like a Pat Bev to come in yeah. and kind of get everybody yeah. together. Hey, this is what we focused on. This is what we're doing right here, right now. They don't necessarily have that. Yeah. So they need those young guys. Anthony Edwards Car Anthony Towns they need those we go bear they need those guys to say hey this is what we're focused on this is what we're doing we're chasing championships we're chasing deep playoff runs this is what we're focused on we're, we're we will worry about the money later because at the end of the day if you go out there and you perform, The situation will take care of itself.
2: Right. I think D'Lo knew that this would probably be the situation for him going into the season. He probably knew that. I mean, we were talking about this going into the offseason, too. Like, I don't think anybody was really confident giving him a contract extension going into the offseason. So he's probably been had lots of time to be mentally prepared for that. And he probably just understands that, you know, I just got to ball out this season and just go to market. I think that's just what's happened. All right. Last thing before we got to move on to some hockey and some soccer talk uh DraftKings, the uh odd totals are for the win totals for the timberwolves right now and i i can't believe this because if we remember correctly they had a 46 and 36 record last season DraftKings has them right now at 47 and a half so right now they think that the timberwolves are only a one and a half better this year blasphemy, <laughs> blasphemy. Yeah, I, mean, I think
1: the timberwolves will win at least i won't go as high as 60 because i think that's like number one seed territory yeah I will go as high as fifty though. I'll go as high as fifty two ish. Okay. Yeah.
2: Fifty two like is wins. a lot of the teams like in the West are right around that too. They got uh let's see, the Mavericks at forty eight and a half, Grizzlies at forty eight and a half, Nuggets at forty nine and a half. They kind of lumped all of us together, it seems like. And Makes then sense. obviously you got the Warriors, the Suns, and I keep forgetting that the Clippers are going to be healthy this season. The Clippers should be uh should be pretty good again. They've got um they're they're at the top there. They're in the fifties. They're like at fifty two. Um, yeah. so uh, yeah, the Timberwolves I, they can get to fifty wins. Come on, they're they got to be better than four wins if they are not better than four wins compared to a year ago. Like I don't care where you finish in the standings. I know those dominoes have to fall, but like. Bro, they, like come on. You didn't get middle, go to your, you didn't get Rudy Gobert to finish four, like one or two or three wins better. That should be middle, like at least a 10 game swing if you ask me.
1: The Timberwolves front office took a swing for the fences this offseason to go and get Rudy Gobert and trade the house for him. They did yep. like you said. They did not trade the house to win one more game. So no. yeah, they they got to they got to get it done. They got to win some more games and I think again, they know that. But I'm looking forward to the stars stepping up. <laughs> You know, taking those leadership positions and you know advancing their careers into you know a better spot. Now we're Rudy Gobert on that team. Mm-hmm. He shores up your defense for the most part until teams go small. We'll talk about that another day. Yeah. But he shores up your defense in a way that helps the entire team. Look for more fast break points. Look for offensive rebounding, defensive rebounding. Look for defensive rebounding. Emphasis on that because God said all in the playoff series last year. <laughs> Look or when that. we did,
2: we go after it, for, it was two same players going after the same rebound. Oh,
1: man. Oh, my God. The Wolves should be much better this year.
2: Yes. Much better. Oh, artists. we're back to weekly Wolves talk, man. Yes. It's the Timberwolves podcast to be named later all over again. It is. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. I just – because this is how me and artists got our start, like, start podcasting. We did that. And so, this like, talking Timberwolves with you, I just feel like I just got back into my natural environments. I feel yeah. good at home. Good at home. It's going to be um, fun. The hockey team, though, guys, the, the hockey team. Um, and I know AJ will definitely want to get in on this for sure. Um, I mentioned last week while we were doing our wild preview that I thought that, like, oh, yeah, I think the goaltending situation is going to be just fine. I think Mark andre Furry is going to be still a good bridge goaltender to Jesper Walstad or whoever else the next goaltender of the future will be for the Minnesota Wild. Through these first three games here, gentlemen. <laughs> It has been – if you think the Vikings' defense on the secondary is leaky, oh, my gosh, the Wild right now. They're giving up six goals a game right now. Uh, All those losses in regulation, guys, it's just been – Probably one of the more brutal stretches uh, to start the season for your Minnesota Wild in terms of defensive stuff. Um, They're scoring, though. They're they're still scoring plenty of points. Kirill Kaprizov has a couple goals already to start the season, and that's been one thing that people have talked about, about him getting off to slow starts. He is not off to a slow start to begin this season. Matt Boldy's off to a good start, too. Uh, There's some other players to be left to be desired, like Ryan Hartman and a few others. But right now, the A topic of this team is just the goaltending, or in this case, uh, the lack thereof, guys. It's so bad. It's, <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's all, so, it's hard to
0: watch. Like it, it doesn't matter if you're scoring five goals a game, if you're giving up six or seven, cause you're just going to lose. Um, Mark Andre Fleury, uh, gets the start in the first two games. I don't, I don't know what's going on with him. Um, I'm not, I'm not aware that he's like a notoriously slow starter or anything like that. Um, I'm on, I'm on my, honestly, my favorite like website out there right now. It's, it's called money puck looking at goals saved above expected. So like if you're at zero, you're make you're stopping every uh, shot that you should, and you're letting in every shot that they expect you to let in, you know, Philip Gustafson minus two and a half. So he's, he's allowed two and a half more goals than is expected him. Mark andre Fleury. Six and a half, Mm. negative six and a half. He's allowed almost a touchdown more than what he's expected to. It is ridiculous. I don't understand it. Not every single goal is on those guys. Opening night against the Rangers, there were times where wide open Chris Kreider on the back door. There's not much they can do there on the power play. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, the defense just doesn't move their feet to the pass gets across and they're left all, you know, all alone out front with a guy like Artemi Panarin. Those ones, I'm not going to fault them for, but last night they draw within one and just a, a, yeah. a, a harmless, a harmless <laughs> chip from center ice drifts on, to, to Gustafson, and I don't know if it took a weird carom or it took a weird hopper. And from it doesn't it, matter, it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter what it is, but it he moves one way to the right, the puck somehow ends up to his left, and it's just poked in for the easiest of goals. And all the stuff that you just work for to draw the game closer gets washed away in a mm-hmm. like that. Um. Up for the pound on the good news, the power play looks better yeah. <laughs> than what it did last yeah, year. Yeah, um, it seems like those problems have been a little bit solved, and they have had a couple fortunate bounces on their end. But that's that's what yes. hockey is it's a game mm-hmm. of fortunate bounces at times. So, uh, the fact that they have seemingly, through three games, figured out the power play, sure, <laughs> they need to stop taking dumb penalties. The mm-hmm. amount of dumb penalties there, I I saw something – I've been watching hockey for a long time. I saw something that I've never seen before last night in the Minnesota Wild game. They had a – they the Avalanche had a delayed penalty against them. So I believe it was a trip or a hook or something like that. Mm-hmm. So the Wild pull their goalie, and then they get the extra attacker out there. They, before the whistle was blown, took a penalty. They had too many men on the ice – at one point, there were seven guys on the ice interacting with the puck. So the power play that they were about to get is no more. Seven. I don't understand how the, that is. Seven? I've ne- what? I've never seen that happen in my life. That a peewee team up the road... Wow! Over uh, uh, the Hopkins Peewee B two st- uh, squad, they'd be able.
2: Hey, they're a good squad. I know uh, they keep are. some respect on their. They'd name, please. be
0: able to know. Hey, we shouldn't throw <laughs> another guy out on the ice here. What are we doing? It's it's dumb stuff like oh. that, and the fact you don't have a point through these three games. Granted, no. the Kings, um, the, the Kings were going to be a, a team that they. I think they should beat, can beat um they made the rangers look like you gods know this, yeah. this guy you know the the team way back in the day with like messier and stuff like that we know we know the avalanche are good they need to start really just yeah. I, I i i gotta see what the next couple of games here look like because i forgot off the top of my head but mm-hmm. let's see here uh they've got the I don't have the schedule in front they of me got the Canucks. They got the Canucks oh, on, uh, on also Thursday. 0-3. They're just as bad as us, thankfully. They, uh, no, actually oh? 0-4 now. 0-4. Oh, even
2: better. All they, right.
0: This right is going to be amazing there because the Canucks are the, they, tonight, they just set this moments ago because I just saw it. <laughs> They're the first team in the over 100 plus years of the National Hockey League, the first team to start their season with four games where they led by multiple goals and lost all of them. Hang the banner. We yes. are going to have a historic night on Thursday in, in St Paul ladies and gentlemen because it'll be one team that has allowed 20 goals through three games against a team that has blown multi- goal leads for the first time ever in the league four straight times to open a season. Oh my historic God. historic oh. So here's what, here's what I expect. Here's what I expect <laughs> if I had to if I'm gonna throw a prediction out there the Canucks are going to go up 3-0 on the wild first period like we like we've seen the past like three games it seems like hmm. somehow it's going to come down to we're going to get to the, the the end of the second and it'll be like a four to three game mm-hmm. and then the wild are going to pot too late and they're going to win there's going to be more goals it's going to be like a six to five final they're going to win
2: and, but, and will uh, Marco Rossi be a healthy scratch for that one
0: that's I don't even
2: get me started on that <laughs>
0: The, the the kids had 21 shifts, and you're going to bench him? Are you kidding me? Dean? I don't know.
2: I don't know what's going on there. I, I thought it was already weird that they put him on the fourth line with Duhaime and Dewar, but now I just. He's, he's damn near your top prospect. Like, what,
0: I underst- what, what, what could I underst- be the
2: reasons for this? I understand there's only so
0: many guys, and there's only so many spots, and there's only so many line positionings. You can't have Marco Rossi playing in a role with and nothing against them, nothing against them, but Connor Dewar and Duhame,
2: they're not the guys to to pair with. No, <laughs> no, no offense. They're not going to elevate him to the place that we need him to be. He, he, I, he is a Marco Rossi is hockey ballet.
0: He's mm. smooth. He's mm. silky. Ooh, la la. It's elegant. Those guys are mighty ducks. Bash brothers, we're throwing around, we're getting gritty in the corners. Yeah. Like, yeah. and th- there's room for both of that on this team, but it can't be on the same line because those two can't flip the switch and play the game that Marco Rossi wants, and he can't flip the switch because of not only his skill set and his but his size as well to play the game that those two want. And he just doesn't, he doesn't, it's that's just not him. Mm-hmm. You got to put him up at least in the top nine. I want i I don't know i I just don't know where you're
2: gonna put him, but you 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 can't you can't put him there. um it's almost like I don't know. this feels like a parallel to like kind of what was going on with Kalen Addison last year. Just like no definitive role being like just put upon him for any consistent time period. I know we're only after three games and we'll see what happens. and who knows maybe Rossi can make something out of this fourth line stint or whatever, but it's just like, yeah, it just, it just kind of feels like Dean done him right now. And that's so weird because you think that his skill set would be very just, it would give you, like, you just, you think that what he provides would be so obvious that it wouldn't be too hard to, but. What I would it.
0: say, what I would say is move Sam Steele down for a game. i move sure. him out, out of that Goudreau and Baldy line mm-hmm. uh, throw Rossi in between. Cause we, we know he has chemistry with Boldy. He's, he lit it up with him in the AHL last year on the same line for the Iowa wild. You're, you're going to leave um, or even, I don't know, get him on the line with Tyson Jost Stephen, I guess. But um, Jost on the top line as of right now, based on the, the previous game between uh, Kirill and Zuccarello, uh, Erickson Eck between Foligno and Hartman, Goudreau on the outside with Boldy, with Sam Steele in the middle, and then Mason Shaw came up uh, with uh, Connor Dewar and Brandon Duhame. I don't know. I you, you mentioned Kalen Addison. What a guy. This, this kid is on, un- I'm not going to, yeah. he's, he's not like, he's not going to redefine the position of of defenseman or anything like maybe Cal, Kale McCarr has, but he, he's such a breath of fresh air. Right. It, he's he, making yeah. passes. He's making passes that are to him effortless, but to a lot of other guys would need like a lot more time to like process. Okay. Here's the passing lane. I can make that let's calculate how hard and what, like how quick I got to zip it in there. He, he, I, he must've been great at math because he's got the whole geometry thing down. Um, but he's been, he's a breath of fresh air and yeah. so good on that top power play unit. I, I'm not going to say he's the reason why this power play has looked better. Cause the top power play has looked a lot better than the second unit, mm-hmm. but uh, him on the point, uh, kind of quarterbacking that first power playing unit has been so 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 much yeah. fun to watch so far through three games. Yeah. Um, one of the few bright spots for this team, yeah, for in their own 3 start
2: And again, there were plenty of points where it appeared that Kalen Addison was in Bill Guerin's and Dean everson's doghouse at points. And now we're seeing him get those opportunities, we're seeing him capitalize on these opportunities. So even though we got lots of question marks with Mark Ross, and we're like, uh, why? i guess i'm still a little bit hopeful that as the season progresses they'll get his roles figured out a little bit more he'll develop more chemistry with these guys i mean we still can't forget that he still needs to accumulate plenty of nhl ice time as is too cuz mm-hmm. even though he got a couple call ups last season he didn't get a, a ton a ton of minutes in the nhl so yeah let's uh, let's just hope for the best the goaltending can't get any worse like it it just can't i mean it's bound yeah. to come you know back to earth or whatever eventually, but uh, definitely something we're going to have to keep an eye on moving forward. Um, one I one keep, last thing, yeah, one please. last
0: thing to point out too. I mentioned Kalen Addison being one of the few bright spots. The other one um, that's been maybe not a surprise, not a huge surprise, but a surprise in the sense that I didn't expect him to be this prominent this quickly. Matt Boldy, three games, five yeah. points, two goals, and three assists. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's been tremendous. And I'm so yeah. glad to see, cause that's, one of the questions that I think a lot of people had was, he's not playing with Fiali any, Fiala anymore. Like, is that going to hamper his game? I I need him to go out there and keep doing what he's doing and show people I'm an independent playmaker, <laughs> goal scorer. I can do it myself. I just mm-hmm. need competent people on my line. Um, right now, you know, Freddie Goudreau's fine. I need Marco Rossi with him there. Just to, yep. I just want to see it. I just want to hey, see yep. it. I just want to see it too. And if it doesn't work fine, I get it, but I just want to see it. Um, but there's, you know, there is a reason why I'm talking to you guys and I'm not behind the bench for the wild. I'm sure Dean Edison has a plan. He understands stuff. I don't agree with benching, benching Rossi, but, uh,
2: yeah, you know, Mm -hmm. and and I guess the last thing I'll I'll say before we uh, unfortunately have to say a goodbye to our favorite soccer team here in town. Um, Darn it, Kevin Fiala! You had to score your first goal of the season against us. Darn it, darn, I mean, it. darn yeah. it, darn it, darn it, darn it, darn it, darn it! I don't like that. But I, best I, of luck, best of luck to you and your really silver helmets that AJ doesn't like. But that's I, a conversation. I knew, I day. knew
0: that was going to happen every time. I if there's a rookie <laughs> playing in like his first career game or like he just got called up in the wild or and they're playing the wild and within the week. He's scoring his first goal against the Not wild. Sure, it man. always happens. It always happens. They, they, they let these rookies score or it's like a momentous goal. Sure. Um. You want to you talk
2: a little soccer here? I do for probably the last time for a while, guys. Um, Minnesota United FC travel down to FC Dallas. Now in Frisco, Texas uh, in the MLS Cup playoffs. Fortunately, uh, Loons ain't coming back with a victory. They fall in PKs to Dallas. I think that's technically scored as one, one, right. AJ that scored as one, one PKs. One One, one,
0: one, one, and then FC Dallas wins the pens on a five, four score. Yes.
2: And, um, it, it was, it was a good game. It was a really good game. Uh, pretty I would say uh, not necessarily uh it didn't tilt one way in the first half it was a pretty even first half if you ask me and me and AJ were actually in studio watching all this play out we had Asani Dotson, Ja'Cory Hayes in studio with Jonathan Harrison for the broadcast it was a whole lot of fun thank you guys for joining us definitely want to do that again sometime um but then the second half started uh Minnesota gets on the board one nothing we're all very celebratory Dallas ties it up um how how much longer ago before they tied it up AJ?
0: Yeah, so Emmanuel Reynoso uh, scores one in the yep. 53rd minute. About 11 yep. minutes later, in the f- uh, 64th, Facundo Quinone, uh levels it at 1-1. Uh, a lot of back and forth. And the thing about FC Dallas is they like to get out and run on offense, and that's where a lot of teams maybe falter because they they try to like pressure them and get on a high press. Minnesota brought things back. They played. uh they, they didn't park the bus, but they definitely brought their their midfield. Uh, to sit back a little bit more and maybe they let the play in their own third only because they congested the track. Like yeah, there was a lot more traffic out there, so they couldn't maybe facilitate the ball like they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was a very back and forth game. It goes to extra time. There was a couple chances on both sides that maybe could have uh, changed the game, but, uh, yeah. but uh, we go to PKs, everybody for, uh, for Dallas scores will trap uh, second to go for MNUFC. He goes left. So does the, uh, the yep. Dallas keeper save and that, uh, that was about all she wrote.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too bad. I definitely want to obviously keep talking soccer with you guys throughout the rest of the season. And we'll probably mix in a little bit of coverage here for the next couple months. Um, but yeah, it was World Cup, baby. World Cup. You know, we do have the World Cup and John Hammond is weird Santa Claus commercials. I'm really happy about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if we look about how this season ended from NUFC, I mean, I, I think a lot of the writings were on the wall. Um, the defense, even though the defense wasn't much of an issue in this game, um, there were some questions there, scoring-wise, as too. We went through a long scoreless streak there that lasted multiple matches, and I can't remember which game we finally broke that against, but yeah, I mean the end of the season here kind of was a lot left to be desired with this team and they they were all the way up third in the conference they ended up sixth and um you know yeah FC Dallas is a really good solid team and actually it's a pretty cool setup now in the Western Conference with these matchups you got El Trafico out in LA with the two LA teams and they got two Texas teams Austin and Dallas playing each other that is kind of cool but I am kind of bummed. Um, even though like next week we would have had to go back to Texas and play Austin, Real Salt Lake weren't able to get that win. So it meant that no uh, home game for MNUFC. Um, but yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I would say, I mean, we made the playoffs. That's good and hunky dory. Hunky-dory, but, um, based off where this team was in the regular season, I would definitely was expecting a little bit more. Um, I, I guess it was a toss-up for me if they were gonna win this game or not or anything like that. So I'm not ultimately like upset that we lost to Dallas. I just wish that we were in a better position going into these playoffs to maybe host a playoff game, maybe get a more better matchup than Dallas. But that's how that's how it goes and that's how it is.
0: The one thing that stands out for me last night is that the striker Luis Maria didn't uh, didn't record a shot. Not a shot really? on goal, not a shot attempt. Mm. Your striker.
2: Yeah. That's an artist, not, good. not to
0: bring in here, but You know, like you know, soccer enough to where the striker is the guy that scores the goals, right? Yeah, striker is the small. That guy didn't attempt a shot in a playoff game.
2: So that's like that doesn't uh, seem right, does it? Yeah, that's like LeBron not taking a jumper in a playoff game for the Lakers.
0: Yeah, I'd
2: be pretty. Yeah, that's
0: like your quarterback. That's like that's like Kirk Cousins just not attempting a pass for an entire game.
1: That's insane. That's what I, it, it, I so, it
0: sounds like they plan to
1: lose that game. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> it was, uh, it, it, yeah. like. it,
2: it, it was, it was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. So any AJ, just final thoughts wrapping up 2022 MNUFC in a bow, maybe looking ahead to 2023. It was a roller coaster. I mean, it, it's,
0: you got, you got to take the result for what it was. You got to think that maybe a, a couple games down the stretch, a point here and a point there could have put them in a different spot um, rather than having to go face Dallas. But that's the that's the hand you're dealt, and that's kind of where it's at. Um, kind of a quick turnaround because they get going once again like late February.
2: Soccer um, season never ends, man. Friendly it, it, friendly it just, start up in late February. Yeah. So,
0: um, and like I said, a World Cup coming up. We'll have Ooh. to see if the U.S. can get out get out of their group. They got Wales, they've got uh, England, and they've got I want to say it's Iran. So, oh Iran or Iraq? I can't remember. Um no It's one. It's one of the two um but either way i don't know it that'll be interesting because they look they look terrible the u.s looks terrible right now i'm not sure what greg berhalter is going to do with that yeah. squad before um, yeah. getting to qatar um
2: are, are they done playing? and they have no more games right like nope they they, they, uh, they went
0: out with a weak flame yeah. they had yeah. two friendlies they lost to japan mm-hmm. and i think they drew
2: with saudi arabia yeah something like that not not by any means. No, sorry. I think the they drew zero
0: world. zero. They didn't score a goal. They didn't oh, score it, it, a goal. That's
2: right. Yeah. By no means, powerhouse is in the soccer world by any means. No, they look so they teams. Looked you should really actually bad. be. I mean, Japan's decent. Well, Japan, no, Japan's, Japan's good. They've
0: they've got mm-hmm. Daishi Kamada who uh, plays for Eintracht Frank, uh, Frankfurt in the Bundesliga. Who I, he's drawing. <laughs> he, he, he's good. He's good. Yeah. Uh, he's drawing Premier League, uh, pr- Premier League interest. I, I we well, got
2: Pulisic, so I mean. Whatever. Yeah, yeah we'll have Am see I see saying that there. right? Is it Pulisic or Pulisic?
0: Pulisic. Uh, Pulisic. He says Pulisic, Sick. but he's, he's also Croatian, so it could be Pulisic. Okay. Uh, whatever you Pulisic. want to do. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, okay. him, Brendan Aronson. Uh, I'm excited to see depth. him, man.
2: This is yeah. his first World Cup, and he's definitely like the most biggest profile U.S. soccer star, I think, since Landon Donovan. I don't think that's too outlandish to say.
0: Landon yep. Donovan. Clint Dempsey's been there. Yeah.
2: Yep, him too. And so it, it,
0: This is a deep-cut reference, but – for all the Clint Dempsey fans out there, you don't know where I'm from, dog. Look that up if you don't know what I'm talking about. Anyways, be sure, um, be sure to do
2: that right after we're done recording here. No, I, I, do I, I promise right it's up,
0: funny. Too. I promise, and I will say this: I will say this. The CBS Sports uh, Galazzo show, like the Champions League panel with uh, Kate Abdo, Terry Henry, Jamie Carragher, and Michael Richards, that is—I don't start watching it. Okay, it is the best panel. The, the the most fun panel i would say it's the most fun panel in sports oh it, it is constant comedy it's better than i it is better than t uh, I, tnt i was just and, about and it, to say it, it i i swear to you it's better than t, and it's close but it, they are more entertaining than wow. than the, NBA, the tnt nba desk i promise you that is
2: high praise they are so they high are incredible praise. so it's so much fun what's
0: the name of it again
2: so, I don't forget. Uh, it's
0: this, it's the, they, they do it before and after Champions League games. So, that, okay. um, it's, I don't know. It's on CBS. On CBS, but...
2: though, right? It's on CBS. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I think, uh, I think that kind of maybe wraps up the show here. Yeah. Busy show today, guys. Holy cow. I mean, this is yeah. what happens when you got three of the leagues going on. We didn't even talk over football. I realized yeah, we didn't man. even talk. Oh, well,
1: there was no need because they lost again. <laughs> so there was no need. There was right. no need. Even and I was telling you, artists, up.
2: hey, stay interested because the big one, Big West title, is still at play. Yeah, after losing Illinois, I don't think the Big West it's title is at play, and the Rose Bowl is long and dead. So, I don't yeah. know. If they beat Penn State, maybe we'll talk about them. Go for hoops, though. We'll see you. They just got a five-star recruit, go for hoops. The best recruit they have had since Chris Humphreys. Oh. It's been like 20 years since they've gotten a guy this good. Some guy from California or something like that. Some center. So, oh. good job. Good Might job. Go for Might have to touch right. on that. Might have to touch on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, for
1: sure. all right. All right. Uh, You want to take us home? Yeah. You started it. You ended Yes, Of course. Of course. Well, thank you, Minnesota sports fans, for tuning in to this week's episode of the Taxi Squad. It was fun. It's been a pleasure. We have much more to come in the coming weeks. Make sure you guys give us a five-star rating on whichever streaming platform you guys are listening to this on. Make sure you go on the Score North website and give us a nice download because, like Jason says, that really helps us out a lot. But for now. The three of us are signing off. I'm Artist Woods with Jason Stormer and AJ Fredrickson. We will catch you guys next time on The Taxi Squad.